Counting calories is out. Weight loss is an internal game, what I like to call weight release, and it all starts from within. You're listening to Confidence From Within, a podcast for women ready to feel good about their bodies, rediscover their confidence, and share their brilliance with the world. I am your host, Juliana Lehman, mind-body weight release expert and lifelong health seeker. And I am so pleased to have you here. Let's get started. You're listening to episode number 128 of Confidence From Within podcast. And as always, I am your host, Juliana Lehman. And I am so pleased to introduce you to my special guest today, Dana Fontenot. And this is one of my very favorite episodes. I believe you're going to love it too. We talk about a very special and very profound topic today, which is the achievement of our human potential. I believe we're all somehow in some shape or form seeking to feel fulfillment, to really feel self-actualized and really feel and know that we're here doing things on purpose, that our choices in lives matter. And I invited her on the show to talk about this because I think she's the perfect expert to share her insights with you on this topic and really show you how true the journey of self-awareness that we can actually accomplish or get very close to feeling this level of fulfillment that I know exists inside every single one of us. We talk about what are the keys to self-awareness, but we also talk about the other side of the coin, which what if we're experiencing resistance? <laughs> what if we know what we want and we have a big picture idea where we're headed, but there's this resistance to doing the inner work to get us there? Or maybe there's some fear. We are afraid of you know, opening this Pandora's box and discovering what is inside. And I think for if you've been on a self-discovery journey for a while, these nuances can come into play at different times in your life. So I do believe that what she has to share will really shift how you look at things and add so much value to your journey. So let me properly introduce you to Dana. Dana Fontenot is an executive coach and consultant focused on helping people fulfill their talent and human potential. Her work is informed by her training as a former international concert cellist, a licensed somatic psychotherapist, and master the Martini Method facilitator. Her clients achieve greater self-awareness, health, wealth, impact, and fulfillment. Here is Dana. Welcome, Dana. I am so honored to have you on the show today. Welcome. Thank you so much. It's such a privilege to be here. Oh, very, like, it's going to be a beautiful conversation. And I'm really inspired to chat with you about it. So to get us warmed up and started, define to me, what does confidence mean to you? I define confidence as the capacity to listen to our inner knowing and to act on it, even if something external might um, challenge that or question that. Um, It's a certainty from within. Um, It's a relationship with the self, the capacity to act and to, to move forward from our own knowing. 
Mm, wow, beautiful, beautiful. And let's talk a little bit about that inner knowing a little bit more. And we're going to mm-hmm. talk about, you know, self-awareness today and human potential. Mm-hmm. So let's start with the mm-hmm. inner knowing. How mm-hmm. would someone that is just maybe starting to explore these types of mm-hmm. topics would mm-hmm. be able to start really listening to that voice? Mm, that's such a great question. Um, if I use confidence as the kind of accumulation of data that shows from our past behavior, factual evidence of things that we have done or conquered or goals that we've set and followed through on, um, things that were congruent to us, that also kind of leads from self-awareness, which is that capacity to track our own feedback. Mm -hmm. So for example, let's say I set a goal that is not very inspiring to me truly within, maybe I'm doing it because somebody else wants me to do it, or maybe I think I should do it, or maybe I saw somebody else do it. And I think if I do what they do, I'll get what they have. But maybe inside I have a little nausea or I have a little bit of tension, or every time I think about it, I'm not actually taking any action forward. So there's clues that we have from ourselves to ourselves that is a a gold mine of information. So self-awareness is that capacity to change the lens from external awareness, because most people are geniuses at tracking other are they judging me are they do they like me <laughs> yeah. or they frowned they might they must not like me very much we're so we're so trained to track externally for approval for acceptance for belonging for self-esteem for accolades for approval or fear of criticism fear of rejection or fear of being outcast etc so it, it's taking those skills, which most people have to some degree, uh, very confidently, and turning that inward to say, wow, you know, how am I doing today? What is my, where am I at inside my body? Where's my level of tension? What's my range of breath? What's my, Mm -hmm. where's my headspace? Where's my, you know, I know in your work too, for example, just tracking things like our own symptomatology as feedback about what we eat or how we feel or how we're sleeping. So I could go on and on, but that's a starting place of of recognizing that with self-awareness, we have many feedback systems, which are physical, which is our physiology, our symptoms, our mm-hmm. our, our skin, our, our, our whole body, right? Then we've got our emotions. So our emotions are feedback that we can start to become more self-aware instead of thinking somebody else did something to us that we're responding to we could actually see that as a clue phone of something from ourselves to ourselves. Then we have our um, relational awareness. And so how we respond and react to the people around us. Um, We have our spiritual awareness. We have all these different kinds of feedback systems that are clues um, that I believe are clues from the self to the self. And starting anywhere is going to help a person as long as they have enough safety within to listen to their own feedback. And that's usually the hardest part is to feel safe enough to listen to the feedback. Yes. Oh, you said such brilliant things. So let me just (laughs) recap a couple of them. (laughs) (laughs) 
I love the concept of looking at confidence as this accumulation of data, right? And a lot of times I think it is so, maybe because it's kind of maybe taught (laughs) on the macro sense to always measure progress forward, right? And I think when I used to do that, I always felt I never measured up to my expectations because I've always placed the tension up forward to keep propelling me forward, right? And then as I started looking backwards and really measuring success to tracking evidence of what actually took place, it was an incredibly simple but transformative perspective shift. And now you're applying that principle to confidence as well, which I think is so brilliant. (laughs) Um, Because if you measure it backwards to where you're now, you're always going to notice that life is always working out for you, right? You're always progressing in some capacity, even if the tension to keep us forward, it's still always an inch out of reach, right? Which I think is this beautiful rubber band, you know, propelling us. I love how you put that into the confidence principle. But the other thing you said to Dana that I wanted to uh, bring up here. So when you're talking about those, you know, this skill that we all have of doing it outwards, which yeah, hundred percent. I know most people I think would feel, yeah, I'm pretty skilled at that part. Now it's just flipping it inwards. That is just so incredible and, and interesting to me because yeah, we already have the skill, but we're just turning the lenses in. So let's mm-hmm. talk about that safety piece, which like I know you mentioned this, but it's probably one of the biggest key pieces, right? It's even feeling safe and feeling our feelings, acknowledging, you know, shedding light to dissolve guilts and shames. And it is an act of bravery, <laughs> you know, doing this type yes. of work, right? So let's yes. talk about safety first. Like what is your understanding or definition of safety? Oh, that's a great question. Oh, I love that. Um, it is it is truly an act of bravery, I think, to to um, do the work to become authentic, to have permission to be ourselves. I think that's one of the most courageous things you can do in a human life is be authentic. And it's and I think it is because we're so externally focused that we are um, conditioned from our family or society or culture to be in this bipolar world where we try to chase after something that's positive or pleasurable or um, really it's like chasing after a plus sign, right? And trying to avoid pain. And courage and, and bravery comes from a perception of this pain has value. And, and that takes safety. So, you know, sometimes that might be working with a therapist or working with a coach or working with a, a somatic practitioner, um, someone who's trained to hold space, who can hold the depth of space where everything is allowed to be present without judgment. That takes a lot of skill. So a lot of people go to their friends and family, which reinforces the challenge. Yes. Um, right. But so safety i perceive is having enough available energy to be with the truth of the experience so when we're in fight or flight we don't have enough energy we're we're on a deficit and we're in survival which means everything becomes very black and white and it's immediate fast thinking that rules out 99% of options that we're just trying to survive um there's no time to feel there <laughs> Yeah. So, 
so right so that so the capacity to feel safe is to be able to have enough available resource um we could call it energy enough available space and uh resource to be able to be curious what is this pain demonstrating to me how is this teaching me what is it helping me discover what truth is trying to emerge through this sensation of pain how is pain helping me grow those are high quality questions that require being in a more resourceful state being in a more resourceful part of the brain um and how just having enough safety to test test the data going wait a second this isn't going to yeah. kill me <laughs> this isn't this is you know i've been led to believe this is only a negative experience but hang on let me remember that i've been through pain before and when i look backwards i can see that something evolved from that experience so a lot of what i do is help transform pain into resource where people can recognize oh this this thing is hurt so good <laughs> it hurts so good. I love that. You know, it's it's so awfully beneficial. <laughs> you know, and you can rec recognize it has just as much value as the euphoria or the giddiness or the pleasure and that it's both are feedback systems to help you grow. And usually that requires safety in the physical body. Wow. So I can I can pause there. There's a lot we can yeah. talk about there, but you know, that's that's where I would pause and just say that has to start with with there's being enough available energy to breathe and be present in the body because you can't do it up in the virtual stratosphere of intellectualization and trying to think your way through it. It's got to be safety in the body to truly hone the gold of the emotion. Absolutely. If we can't do yeah, if we can't do that, then our perceptions run the habit of a story that the body then responds to, which is I don't feel safe, it's not safe, you know, crisis, let's get out of here. And so if we don't govern the perceptions, then the perceptions run the body. And if we don't govern the body, you know what I mean? It's just like it's chicken yeah. or the egg, so to speak. But um I like to start with feeling safe in the body. Oh, absolutely. Hey there. Have you heard of my new book, Release, A Woman's Guide to Releasing Weight in Midlife Through Becoming a Body's Best Friend? If not, go to naturallyjoyous.ca slash book or click the link in the show notes below to learn more and to see if this is the right book for you. I wrote this book for women to read before your next diet. And this is not a book about weight loss, another diet trend, or a magical solution you have not tried yet. This is instead a rebellion against hating our bodies and trying to change who we are. Together, we will release all that no longer serves you so you can get the body you want and make midlife the best and healthiest years of your life. I cannot wait for you to get the book. So go to naturallyjoyous.ca slash book to learn more. Now back to the episode. And I feel inspired to share a little, like a, I would say a early on perception I've had on safety from growing up mm -hmm. in a country that was, I would say more dangerous than the average in North America's yes. standards. Yes. And for growing up until the age of 21, when I moved out of Brazil, I would say that if I were to describe fear of safety, it was always for things such as 
physically being harmed, killed, kidnapped. Like he was very much yep. on, if you think of like on a higher Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like yep. you're talking base of the pyramid, right? Very yep. much survival and physical safety. But then if you look at my life now being, you know, in Canada in what I consider to be a physically safer environment for 18 years, what I have recognized is that when I was back home in the very bottom of safety, it's not a needs not necessarily being met unless we were locked inside the house and all those extra precautions. We also were infused with this incredible, I would say, um, almost like external value structure or this is what the things you want. This is what the success in life looks like and so on, right? So we are basically like imposed what we want as success and really lacking that base, you know, safety needs. So then coming here, when I didn't have that need for safety in the same way, but I still had this very predetermined for me version of success, what my body did to be able to literally start snapping out of it was the development of very significant chronic pain, right? That you know a little bit about. And it was almost like this very extreme response that eventually got me out of somebody else's dreams and desires for me as career is concerned and how I spend my time to actually letting me contemplate doing what actually fulfills me. And when you mentioned like looking at pain from the, the motive and the other sense of it, maybe 10 years ago, that would not have res- like, it would not have made as much sense to me as it is now. But as you're saying this, like, yeah, for me, pain was the absolute gateway because my perceptions were just so stuck that I didn't allow myself <laughs> even to know what I wanted. Right. So I think what you said is beautiful because I never felt safe wanting something different than what was designed or decided for me, right? Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about, about when you said about the feeling safety in the body and potentially like a strategy, do you do it through breathing, through feeling yourself? Mm-hmm. I know you have an incredible array, uh, array of tools in your toolbox. What would be maybe a strategy mm-hmm. for somebody wanting to play with the idea of feeling safety in their bodies? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, maybe I could share a little bit of my journey in, yeah, as a kind of a prerequisite, a pre-introduction <clears throat> to why I feel this way. Uh, so my, I know you and I just did this program, Prophecy 2, with Dr. Demartini, mm-hmm. um, a lot around the psychology of, of illness and injury. And, um, and during that program, I had a big breakthrough around the, the story or the narrative that I had held in my body around the story of my birth. So I was born um, two months early and my mom went into labor a week before I was born. So I was, <clears throat> so I guess the due date was technically February 14th. And I was, I was, she went into labor on December 6th and then I was born on December 12th. And, and it's, it's interesting how our physical sensations can create a narrative and almost a persona. So my mm-hmm. persona was, that I was small but mighty and that it was mindset over matter. Like if I, it was like me against the world and it was all willpower, you know, it was like all spit, spit and fire. Like that was kind of my story. And I, and I really became a persona and it's taken me all the way. I'm, I'm about to be 48 and it's just taken me all the way till now to keep working on feeling um, grounded, centered, poised, 
safe. I, I would even say more than safe. It's that <clears throat> I can sit on the porch and watch the sunrise and have that have meaning, have that have value, um, have that be significant, not have to have my self-worth defined by my career outcomes. And and that mm-hmm. actually is a very body-based um, novelty for me. So my nervous system was always kind of jacked up. I was always in fight or flight. I was always very hypervigilant. And I, and I gave the meaning of like, that's the strategy I had being born that early, that there was a narrative in my, in my psyche that was like, I don't have enough resource. So I'm always going to have to hustle. I can never rest. I can never relax a lot of just story about it. So what really changed it for me was uh, I, I discovered a form of chiropractic um, that at that time was called network chiropractic. I believe now it's called um, a network spinal. It was formed by um, or dis- uh, created by a man named Dr. Um, Donnie Epstein. And I worked with him. I was on his staff doing somatic work for a long time and uh, started that work in 2000. And that was that was the first time that my whole nerve, and that was not something I was able to create on my own. That was something that definitely needed a facilitator in that specific modality. Right. Re- retrained my nervous system to instead of going from a deficit to try to barely get to a baseline, it trained it trained me to um, through through breath, through somatic awareness, but through some reorganization in the nervous system and the you know um, uh, alignment, I guess you could say, uh, it 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 trained me to organize how I operate unconsciously um, in a more resourceful way. It's a bit, it's very hard to explain, but so it was from that point that I was like, oh, this is what it feels like to be in my physical body, where I actually have more resource. Like this is what it is. So it's almost like a, like a marshmallow got pluffed, plumped up. And I was like, oh, I didn't know how this could, I didn't know I could feel this way. <laughs> I didn't know I could feel this good in my body, you know, have this range of breath and not be in this chronic habitual um, hypervigilance. So I would say my, you know, for example, if I'm in a, I'm very sensitive to sound. So if I'm in a train station or I'm anywhere where there's a lot of noise and that's unexpected, I will. I will jump more than the average person and my heart will go very fast and I will have a level of hypertension that will take me a few minutes to regulate. Mm-hmm. So, so that's, that's an entry point. And I perceive that um, those kinds of tools are incredibly useful. Anything that can interrupt the habit that we have of how we do us and, yeah. and in, interject some kind of resource. So that could be a form of chiropractic. That could be something like acupuncture, acupressure. That could be um, infrared sauna is also extremely good. Um, working with hot water, hot baths. Um, working with um, like Lisa Dion does a lot of work um, around uh, psychotherapy with uh, self-regulation in the body. So working with a somatic practitioner who can help um, us just have more self-awareness around our autopilot reactions to being in the physical body. Yeah. <clears throat> so I, I'm, I'm a firm believer in chiropractic. That specific modality, um, I don't do so much anymore, but I did for over 20 years. And I do, that really changed everything in my life because it kind of got me connected to myself. And that's when I had started having all my career changes. And that's when I had 
That's when I discovered Dr. Demartini. I mean, all, all these things came because <laughs> I had more connection to myself and my physical body. It was like I, I started to come back home, if that makes sense. Totally. So I would say um, finding a mentor who's going to hold space and, 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 and be able to reflect um, as a mirror to say, oh, okay, what if you tried this? Or what if you breathe here? Or let's, let's do this exercise. Oh, some feeling came up. Let's, let's allow that feeling to move through. Let's, let's, what it would be like if you let that feeling be expressed instead yeah. of shutting it down and going back into um, a contracted uh, dissociated place or what is how do you dissociate how did you learn that let's look at the benefit of that let's find that benefit while you're in your body <laughs> like, yeah. you know so so these are all things that I um, I could talk about this all day because I perceive that we have like 99% of our gold is in ourselves <laughs> in our relationship to ourselves particularly with the human body the human body and emotions and it takes some help to have someone teach us to feel safe returning home to ourselves. Yeah. Oh, so beautifully said, like absolutely beautiful and incredible. And I think one of the things you said that it's so important is to that understanding that sometimes we will benefit from some external perspective, somebody that can see differently, that have worked on it from different angles. And I think... Mm -hmm not just asking for help, but actually receiving help. I think it is such an important message here in terms of getting yes. to the next level, right? That right. I look at my life and the incredible number of people and practitioners that helped me in all these different ways, the different steps. I do not believe I would have been able to do it by myself, at least not on the you know, time duration <laughs> on a more like linear way of thinking that it took me, right? Mm -hmm. And maybe you would have taken me 30 years rather than 15 years, you know, mm -hmm. to get here. So I, I really love that concept. And then the final big piece I wanted to talk about is the, the whole concept of human potential. And I know you do incredible work on that field specifically. So let's talk about it. First of all, your definition of it. And then I have a couple of specific questions for you <laughs> on this beautiful mm -hmm. topic. So how do you understand human potential? Hmm. I, I love that question. Um, well, the, the, the journey with that question started, you know, as a void, as you know, most values, all values start with the perception of a void. So I, I, I recall hearing as a child, um, you'll you'll never fulfill your potential, you know. But as a young, I was I was a young musician, so I started I started becoming a professional musician. Actually, by the time I was two, I'm three mm -hmm. years old, and and I and I was in, indoctrinated in a philosophy that showed that music has this international potential to um, to bring humanity together. So I had these two very big polar messages from a, um, we have the potential to change the world. <laughs> like no, no small, no small message yeah. from a very young age. And so it's been a quest. I've been on a quest ever since to go, well, what does that mean? What does that mean to fulfill human potential? And I haven't found a succinct way to say it that doesn't sound very new agey and, you know, big <laughs> buzzwords. But what I have found is, 
is it's a quest to have permission to be our true authentic self and when we do that something extraordinary happens it's it's we have a taste of the transcendent we have a taste of recognizing that we are all connected to something much bigger than our individual selves we have moments of um profound beingness where we can uh, where we just stop interfering with our own selves so i would say um for lack of these big you know kind of new agey words I, what i would say is that fulfilling human potential is, is permission to be our, our true self um like just authentic who we are like that love thyself be thyself know thyself um from the delphic oracle there's that but also the permission to get out of our way to stop interfering with who we truly are so it's like an unlearning so fulfilling potential is almost like unlearning who we've been conditioned to be yeah. and coming back home to the truth of who we actually are and when that happens i think people do extraordinary things when i see people who risk being authentic who risk being true to what they really love or what's really important to them um they achieve things that they never thought was possible mainly because they stopped listening to what the world told them they could do and they listen yeah. to that voice within that said here's what i'm meant to do here's what i'm called to do here's what i feel alive fulfilling so that's the quest uh, <laughs> you know maybe one of these days i'll have a better answer <laughs> but i would say in a simple way it's just getting out of our own way yeah it's very funny cuz that is that specific last line has been almost like mm -hmm. this affirmation i've had for probably the first time I wrote it down and started practicing was maybe 2015. And that's what I would mm. say. And <laughs> so just get out of your own way, get out of your own way. And eventually took mm -hmm. a different meaning, right? But it was just so mm -hmm. interesting that you used the very much the same phrasing of how the inception of that perception came to me. The one thing I want to yeah. say too, to add to that, like I've always kind of had this feeling of the closer we get to our understanding our microcosmos, like in, in a way, like you said, like that true authenticity within ourselves, that is when we can see our reflection in the macrocosmos. And for me, that's like how I've always measured, you know, how close I feel to my potential is how much alignment I feel between what I understand of myself to being versus that, you know, the glimpses of the transcendental that we get through doing some of this work. And my very first transcendental experience happened in 2012 when I had my spinal surgery. And at that time, I didn't have the the words or the, necessarily the knowledge to comprehend. That's what happened. But it was probably the most physical body somatic reaction that I had to that specifically. And it was like it was almost like I embody profound gratitude for those minutes before, you know, I was unconscious for surgery. And it was such an incredible mm -hmm. memory that I treasure so much and has really been a guiding force to me that this is how connected. And the one thing I'll say too, to tie back to what we said earlier, that was probably the first time in my entire life I did not feel afraid. I felt safety in its most core fundamental way. I think that's why it was so impactful for me. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I love that. Mm -hmm. So then in terms mm -hmm. of the potential again, so somebody that goes through life and they feel, because I felt that for many years, my potential is not being met. So we can feel that it's not being met, 
but we just mm-hmm. can't explain why or how that is. What What is your take on this? We feel it's bigger than what mm-hmm. we are currently doing. Well, I would say, you know, this is where the self-awareness comes in. And each of us has a fingerprint specific. Um, I think of it like bells or sound. You know, we have a tone. And um, there's a lot of shoulds around human potential, right? We confuse it with excellence or achievement. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you could you could just sit on a deck and meditate <laughs> and just smile <laughs> and radiate, you know, just you know, the gratitude and the appreciation, the humor, the laugh, the love, the presence. And that could be it. That could be, you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. so this concept of what is human potential is a really tricky one because it's, it's got so many preconceived concepts that already add yeah. additional struggle. And I think that's where people actually get um, confused. And so we have all different kinds of pain that are feedback and I perceive soul pain is the most difficult. And what I mean by that is that I believe we all have an innate calling to want to contribute to humanity in some way. Mm-hmm. And, and there's, that's kind of a mystery that gets revealed to the self. And when any time we get stuck in a should, on what that should look like, or we get confused between what feels true and what we think it should look like. Um, it's particularly that piece around achievement is where I think people get very, very, very lost because when we are truly inspired, that is a, a moment of grace. We're not doing anything. We're not having to earn anything. We're not having to prove anything. We're not competing with anybody. We're not getting an award for it. We're just being. So I, I think that's an exploration for people to give themselves permission to explore the question and go, what, is, what does that really mean for me? And it's, it's peeling an onion because, at least in my experience, after chasing achievement for a long time, based on my values and what I love and what inspires me, but still somehow delegating my, my self-worth externally mm-hmm. yes. to these moments, right? Or these moments of certifications or achievements or, or whatever, acknowledgement, when deep down inside that really doesn't matter. You know, so I guess I would just say that we have to learn to listen to our pain feedback or, or, you know, when some, when we're out of alignment, pain is a necessary and important feedback system yeah. to say, we are not true to ourselves right now. We are off, we are off the path and it should feel painful because we're forcing ourselves to try to be somebody we're not. And, um, that's not authentic. So I think it's I think it's listening to those little clue phones, those little um, signs that we have, like goosebumps or spontaneous laughter or moments of gratitude or listening to our intuition that you know you walk left instead of right, and then you help somebody who fell down, and you just happen to be the right person at the right time, and you have a moment of grace and gratitude, and that could be fulfilling human potential right there, you know. Yeah. So I think. I, I don't think there's an easy answer. I just think that um, 
I would, I guess what I'm trying to say in this interview, <laughs> trust the pain, trust the pain. <laughs> the pain is your friend. It is the, it is, it is the most effective feedback system that we have because we don't listen to pleasure and we don't listen to mm. success and achievement. We don't listen to those as messengers. We say, thank you. And we, it feels good for a moment, but that's not where we have our depth and our, our discovery. Our discovery comes from the pain. So pain is actually the most loving feedback system hmm. to teach us to wake up and to listen and to find the resource within to have that courage to discover ourselves and to answer this question of what does it mean to be me? And what would I love to do with the time I have? Yeah. And would that pain be both physical and emotional? Pain, I would say all pain is all a pain. feedback system. All pain. Um, there are some that are worse than others. I mean, that inner knowing of I'm not fulfilling my potential um, is a critical pain. But for most people, it has layers. There's a layer of a should in there. There's a layer of I'm not owning my worth. So I'm looking for it externally. There's a I'm not enough the way I am. I have to be something different. There's a lot of layers of pain in that and what you described. So I would come back to it might not be that there's ever an end to the process, that it is a journey throughout the lifetime to have the moments of fulfillment, but that is something we are always seeking to grow and fulfill. Yeah. Wow. And one thing you said that I just wanted to mention here, because I had a, a mini epiphany here. Like even got a little teary eye. <laughs> for wow. me personally, I I would say for as long as I can remember, efficiency been something I seeked, been some something I've been externally praised for. I have a very efficient seeking mind. I've always had from like childhood. Even how I played, I played efficiently. <laughs> so it's kind of kind of mm -hmm. funny to think about it. Mm -hmm. I really did. Mm -hmm. And you just said the pain is the most efficient strategy, right? And I, for a long time, I contemplated why did I choose pain, especially in the, I would say the extremity, <laughs> the extreme amount mm -hmm. of it that I've, you know, faced over the years as my strategy. And you just said it like, it's like literally a very efficient way to kind of, you know, do things. And it's like, wow. So thank you for that. Like that was very profound mm -hmm. to me. So yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I could talk to you for I think days actually on this <laughs> <whole> topic. <laughs> oh, but I'm just so incredibly grateful. This was such a wonderful conversation, Dana. And for people that are listening to this and just their minds are blown <laughs> or their hearts are full and touched and they want to continue to learn from you and discover more about your work, tell us where to find where they can find you and all the things about your work. Yeah, thank you. Um, so the easiest way is to go to my website, www.danafontano.com. Um, I am on social media, but the website is probably the easiest way to see what I'm up to and to, to reach me directly. Yes, wonderful. And I'll put all the clickable links below right. the show notes as well, so people can quickly go in there and find you. Right. Thank you again for this incredibly inspiring conversation. Like, I'm just like, I'm going to listen to this episode many times 
for my own self, <laughs> which I know is <laughs> like, oh my gosh, so excited. But you shared so yeah. much beautiful golden awareness in topics that are very complex, right? Like you yeah. just have an incredible way to explain it clearly. At least I understand the things you say from a very profound way. So I'm very grateful to have you thank on the you. show today. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for creating this incredible platform that is such a value for so many. I'm really grateful to be able to contribute to your vision. It's, it's a beautiful thing that you're doing. So oh. thank you so much. My pleasure. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Confidence From Within. If you enjoyed this episode, take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram at naturally.joyous and I will be sure to tag you back. I would also love for you to leave us a review on iTunes so you can help us support our show. Stay healthy and happy, and until next time.